Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And look, Lockie, preseason games can sometimes be hard to watch, but I think that one may take the cake as the Baggers went down by 43 points to Sydney. And look, Lockie, it's very easy after a game like this to say it's only a preseason game. But after a complete demolition, are you worried at all about anything that you did see from that game? Hmm. I wasn't expecting that as a first question. Yeah, I think there's some, maybe not any real new concerns, but things that were kind of just generally a bit like, well, if we're going to fall down this year, maybe it could be these areas. And they were kind of Mm. present for me yesterday. So I'm not worried on the whole, but it's like, I'm not, I don't have the energy that I did uh, 24 hours ago. No, I do agree with that point. It's it's a tough one in these preseason games because with last season, we, we come away with that one against Melbourne and everyone's going, oh my God, mm. it's we're the greatest team of all time. Go on to have a good start to the season. And it sort of built the hype from there. And I think most were thinking going into this year, okay, let's not go, let's not get ahead of ourselves, keep the lid on, even if we win. And if we beat Sydney... Like, yes, of course, we would have been feeling a lot better than we would be right now. But the expectation, we still would have, you know, tempered things a little bit. So I'm trying mm. my hardest to have that same approach to this and go, look, it's a preseason game. You know, we beat Melbourne last year and it looked unreal. Melbourne then went yeah. on to go like 12-0 and 0 or whatever they did in their little run. So there's still hope that they got, ever, got out whatever they did in this game that they needed to. But I think my issue with it is it's the same things that went wrong in this game that were probably mm-hmm. my few worries that if I had them jotted down beforehand, they were probably like all the reasons that we didn't play well in mm-hmm. this game. It was like, you know, weren't great at kicking, skill execution wasn't there, transition yep. wasn't good, that play in that final third was bad. It was like all these mm-hmm. little things that were probably question marks going in still worried me um and i guess we'll we'll go into those into finer details when we go throughout it um but you are at least not too disheartened from what you saw going into round one are you still kind of confident yeah ish how are you feeling yeah i mean i'm definitely using that game last year as a bit Mm. of a yardstick like i remember did did you go to that game were you at yeah for that Yeah, yeah yeah we were and god it was electric wasn't it far out it was such a different vibe but Melbourne in that first half, they were like so sluggish mm. and lazy. And I was like, what are they doing? And that's how I felt yesterday. I was like, we're, like, mm. we're just not running. Like, why are we not yeah. breaking a jog here? Um, so that's kind of like, you know, you mm. can look at it both ways. Um, you can say it's not good that we're not turning up under these circumstances. Or you can say that, as we're maturing as a team, mm. we're understanding when we need to, you know, execute yeah, yeah, yeah. fully. Because, yeah, I just have so many specific instances and plays in my head. Like, yeah. And the, the commentators were talking about Saad a bit. He wasn't mm. being himself. Yeah. I, don't, I can't remember him breaking a jog last night. Like, he wasn't mm. trying to... Like, Sydney dominated us with the overlap handball like the take a mark yeah. boom someone's running past did we do that once i can't even no. recall yeah and like the fact we we're getting so heavily competed in a contested side that seems to be our bread and butter just made you kind of feel like yeah there's something just clearly off in this one and the preseason in itself is super tough to really judge because you never really know what we're attempting to do now firstly i can't oh, imagine 
what we showed there was exactly what we were trying to do. I don't think we're going in saying, let's get belted by 43 points. Let's lose every single facet of this game, uh, then go into round one beautifully. But you you don't know if there are circumstances that, you know, they talk about like the the match simulation and those sort of things where it's, okay, we want Mm -hmm. the ball in certain areas and we want to try to, you know, try something to do with ball transition. So let's, you know, let's concede and get the ball deep into our defensive half and see how we rebound. Or you don't know what situational aspects they are looking to yep. get themselves into to learn. I'm fingers crossed hoping that the coaches got out of this whatever they needed to because definitely from a fan point of view, it wasn't good, but his preseason. So let's hope it's just that and it doesn't flow into the season. But there's going to be a lot of negatives that we will talk about in this one. Let's yeah, start off with some positives. Let's go with something good here. Lockie, oh. was there anything that you did like from the game? <laughs> of course, of course. And I, look, I stayed off Twitter mostly last night because I was like, I, I don't need I don't need this extra. Yeah. Uh, I know what the sentiment's going to be like, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but when I did go on, all the love for the, the new boys, mm. which was very well-deserved, particularly early. Um, yeah. God, you have to love Ollie, don't you? Him and, him and Cowan were just... Your men. Uh, well, I'd like to say that they're definitely my men. I mean, they still haven't played a game of AFL footy, and so I'm not going to go nope. too early. But if anyone's going to be my men, I hope it's them. But yeah. that was probably the tale of this game where you had, really, it was like the youngsters, the ones probably really vying to impress. That were the ones that probably went out there with a little bit more... And they showed it like Ollie Hollands again showed what he did you know, last week against Collingwood. Just runs all day. I know, oh, I know the commentators running. were almost saying it too much about his ability to cover the ground, particularly yeah. Dermy early on, which I know speaking to you before this, you were very impressed with uh, Dermy's commentary. Looks like the tables have turned on this side. But no, I'm really, really impressed with Ollie Hollands again, really making it a tough yeah. one to keep him out of the team for round one. And then Lockie Cow and... Definitely my man. Wow. Oh, he's like, your man. His attack hunger. Like there was that one play where he gets absolutely tackled into the ground. Two seconds later, he's up. He's How ready good. to go again. Now he's doing something. And just those little signs from him. I thought those two were probably the big standouts as far as like the youngsters. And then yeah. were, were there any others that you sort of liked or <laughs> anything else? Do you want to touch on those two? I mean, well, yeah, I can talk about those two. I need to check my notes for positives because there wasn't a whole lot. But <laughs> no, yeah, no, that that was the thing. I mean, it was in a night where it seemed like no one was hungry. Mm. Um, it felt like they were, particularly Ollie. That I, I mean, yeah, again, on the commentary, they were talking a little bit like, oh, do you think, you know, round one, they're like, oh, I don't know. I would be very comfortable with him yes. particularly rolling out there round one. Not saying that he's going to be fantastic, but there's enough there that mm. he's not go- like he's not going to turn around and have a, a three possession game. Mm. Like I fully back him that he can deliver something. Mm. And then the nice thing I liked with Hollands as well. He's obviously doesn't have a lot on him. He's a very skinny man, but he, he still tries his hardest to be as tough in the contest as possible and tries to bring that tackling pressure in. It sometimes it doesn't work because he is just so light of frame, but it's yep. he's not shirking the contest. He's going in there with everything, and that's all you can kind of ask from a guy like him. And really, there was probably a couple of others that I did like as well. Speaking of that mm-hmm. wing, was Blake Akers, I thought, yeah. came straight in and again, really just looked probably a step ahead of a few others. He was getting on the end of a lot of the good work that we put together. 
His mm-hmm. ability to be one of the deepest players we had in that forward line at times was really impressive, just the way he was covering the ground. And every time Agreed. he was probably just around the ball in general, I just felt really calm and composed that whatever he was going to do was going to help us and propel us forward. Mm-hmm. So I thought that Akers, you could just tell how much of a difference a player like him makes in this team. And I think at the end of the season, we're going to be looking back thinking like, wow, this guy, what a pickup. Like, yeah. Not going to set the world on fire, not going to be a Brownlow medalist or anything, but just what he does, his role in our team, he just, he's perfect for it. What did you make of, of another game of Blakers? Yeah. I really like how you put that. I hadn't thought of it that way. That I, I, I felt calm too. Like I felt like mm. at, le- at least this is going to be a neutral result here. Yeah. Whereas other players that have been on the wing at times, you, you don't have that same confidence when it's yeah. them in a contest. So, yeah, it was great. I feel like um, his goal was great. That one that mm. Motlop kicked, I feel like he could have kicked that a bit harder and probably dobbed it himself uh, and had two. Yeah. Um, yeah, really pleasing. It's just like he's the perfect mm. guy that we needed in that role. Mm. Um, and it's going to be interesting when we do our best 22s. But, I mean, when you, you look at some of these guys are talking about, it's like, wow. Mm. You, you compare them to what we get from Lockie O'Brien and it's like... Yeah, it might be it might be a, a tough a tough year for him to break in. Mm. And, and what I love with Acres, and it's probably like the George Hewitt as well. These couple of recruits we've brought in, and they just seem so no fuss kind of footballers. Go yes. out there, play their role, and I love it. Like I am, I don't know what's happening. I feel like I'm aging. It's no more these flashy players. It's now these guys that just go in and eight out of ten every single week. Reliable, probably. Another one that is like this, but maybe he goes above it. I really liked, again, what I saw from Doherty. Thought he was pretty stable down back. And then in that last half, I think you saw why he is so important to jump into the midfield at times. Just his clearance work when that was such a struggle for us throughout that game. No one was winning that contested ball, winning the clearances. It just adds a point of difference in there. Every single time I feel he's in the center bounce, it seems as if he's getting on the end of it and getting that ball forward for us. And just, again, yep. he's everywhere you need him to be. And if he can just continue this, wherever you want to play him going into the year, I think you're going to get a really sort of high ceiling from him. Did, were you happy with Doc yep. again? And where, I guess, do you kind of want him to sit? Where, where do you want to see yeah. him as you're moving into this season? Mm, good question. I mean, yeah, I, I thought that he was our, our best player for me, not just, not just the stats-wise, but mm. just like you said, he was everywhere. And I guess that is kind of what I hope to see from him this year. I think it would be a shame if we didn't see any midfield time. And I also think it would be a shame if we, if we didn't get that rebounding mm. and his yeah. bread and butter. So I hope they do utilize him in that way as a bit of a change up in the midfield. Um, but normally I think stationed down back will, will, will be best suited for us. Mm, I thought early on in particular, my first thoughts were just almost, God, Doherty, just don't put him anywhere near that midfield. We desperately need him in defense because yeah. there was a, quite a lot of errors at times. We were struggling to get our hands on the ball. And then anytime he found himself in possession in, deep into our back line, again, that sort of composure, ability to yeah. get the ball out of there cleanly. He was the instigator of a lot of that with his leadership and just everything he does and brings to that back line. And I thought early on, I just went, get him away from that midfield. We were desperate for him down there. But then when I saw him in the midfield, it was, Jesus, well, we need him there so the ball doesn't even get down to the back line. So uh, probably weirdly just so similar to you where 
it almost doesn't matter where you put him. He's going to be good. So it's just situational where you think you need him at that moment. And that is such a handy mm. player to have now. And maybe with a cow and the way he can, can keep progressing that we might be going, okay, more midfield minutes for you as, as the season progresses. But those, yeah, those were probably all my positives. The only other one really for me was I thought Weedering when he was down there yep. just did the simple things, looked impressive, which sometimes for those superstars, you just want to see a couple of glimpses that, yep, they're still absolutely unreal. And yeah, there was like one where he just sort of brushed off Buddy, took the mark and I went, yep. He is just one of the best key defenders in this game. And yeah, hopefully looking forward to a big All-Australian season from Big Jacob. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like it. I mean, yeah, I only have one other kind of positive comment, but it's really a backhanded positive. It's more of a a negative (laughs) than a positive. Um, And this is just on my extremely short list of notes I took of this game because I just couldn't, I couldn't bear it. But um, I thought that particularly in the fourth quarter, I thought um, Sauce was doing a good job at being a target. Yeah. And the reason why I felt this was a positive was because I felt like no one was being a target mm. for the first three quarters apart from Charlie. And that probably goes into like my biggest, I guess, concern um, that I was already a concern a little bit, but more here that if we don't have charlie or harry like if it's just one of them yeah points during the season i'm worried about what our structure looks like Mm. someone needs to put their hand up and move in this forward line and lead the amount of times that we're looking to go inside 50 and it's like just all these blokes just standing still and it's like this is not a premiership way to play Mm. No, I'm I'm happy to give a backhander to to Silvani as well because I thought yes, last quarter it was like one finally some entry into that forward line was to someone on a hit up, but then equally yep. finally there was someone on that hit up. I thought his leading work, his movement was really good. My backhand to him is, can he kick? Can he kick a goal? Can he finish <laughs> all of his work? Still again. And I tweeted this out, you know, at later, later stages to probably just yeah. continue the negativity that was on Twitter. But the, the frustration is just like, I just don't, I'm, I don't have any confidence that he can kick goals when he gets it. Like, I think I said something along the lines of like, I have as much confidence in him kicking a goal as I do Jack Martin being out on the field for every game this season. Like, mm. there's just no confidence in it when he, and it, it's so, fr- the frustration as well builds from, I like Silvani. Everything else he does is good. He does the hard work but can't seem to finish it. And knowing that we need a third forward to kick goals, someone different that isn't just Charlie and Harry, he needs that part of his game. And when it mm-hmm. pretty much his whole career, it's been he's been so unreliable with his set shots. It's it's frustrating to see it again in a preseason game. I'm hoping it can maybe just fix itself as the season progresses, but it's definitely still an area for improvement. But while we're kind of teetering on these negative negatives lucky what didn't go right for you and i guess what are the areas that we still need to improve yeah i think you summarized it well at the top i mean at which i mean it kind of summarized it as everything but it was the entries inside 50 and then Mm. you called out the transition as well um yeah (sighs) and it it hurts even more when the opposition is doing it Mm. so effortlessly Mm. And you just are like, why can't we just move? <laughs> why does a mind look like targets? that? Why do, they, why do their 60-meter kicks hit a guy streaming up the wing on the chest? 
And why mm. can we not do that? Um, and uh, like, I'm not, yeah, I'm definitely not getting carried away. I don't want the people yes. listening to think that I'm being yes. doom and gloom about this because uh, our energy is a little bit down, but you know, that's where we're at. And I'm not saying mm. that this is what it's going to be like round one. It could be fantastic. But in this particular game, um, it was like, what, what is going on? Where I had no yeah. faith that we were going to be able to get it out of our back, back half. No, I agree. And I think it's, it's good to put that caveat on it because like we're here to review this match. So like that's what we're trying to do. But equally, it is preseason and anything could happen from now until then. So we're not trying to read too much into it. But I agree, like the the skills by foot moving the ball out, there's just so many just scrappy errors, missing targets, which then didn't help the pressure building onto it. And yeah, there was just, yeah. I think you nailed it at the top of the show when you were talking about just like a lack of speed and purpose in transition, every time we got it, it didn't feel like there was a, this is exactly what we're trying to do here. And that is maybe mm. a slight worry where it just didn't feel as if there was that connectivity. And maybe there's parts of that that they were trying different things and going, okay, we've been happy with everything we've done preseason. Let's just try these few things and see if they work. And maybe they do, maybe they don't. There's a lot of players not in that 22 that we're at or 28. I don't know how many players we had <laughs> on the bench, but it was a lot of it maybe isn't our best team for round one. There was a lot of absentees, but absolutely. Yeah, it was far too many dump kicks down the line instead of looking for targets. Mm-hmm. And again, you nailed this. We we never utilized the stand rule, which was get the ball, oh. handball to the runner. And it was like Sydney were doing it every single time. And I'm going, if we still not learnt this, like what's going on? But again, you you don't know. I'll be trying something different. But I think the lack of sure. run was frustrating and on Adam Saad, maybe the, I guess the instruction was Saadi, this isn't your day. We know what you do. You stay deep in that defense. Totally. We want to see what cow and chin cotter. We want to see what these guys can do. Let's give it a go. And maybe that just stopped how we were meant to be playing normally. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was our big standout. And then, yeah, the lack of purpose and structure in that final third, you, you said it forward entries weren't good. And now targets, where were we? The amount of times, yeah. and I, I think the issue for this is I noticed this in the Collingwood game as well. Noticed it in some match sim in a, in an open training, which was yes, it's good. Our you know big key forwards are pushing high up the ground, getting the ball on the wing. Yep. But then when we turn, there's no one, and there were just mm-hmm. far too many times that I saw last week and I saw this week where we get that ball going, streaming into fifty, and there's like three opposition players one of ours and it's like our deepest player is Blake Akers or a winger and that's our target hit up and I'm yeah. hoping that isn't the plan going forward because it it's shades of Mickey Gibbons in that forward forward goal square just bombing it onto his head with seven players on him but yeah that, that, that just that final third play was lacking again and yeah I mean if this happens again round one then the alarm bells may start to come out for me but I mean, yeah. you can only call it how you see it on the day, and that was just another struggle, I think, for me. Was was there anything sort of yeah. else for you on those? No, you, you summarized it well. I mean, yeah, the, the thing that just frustrates me about it is when, particularly when we're, you know, it's from a mark or a free kick, I don't know, yes. 60, 70 meters out from goal, and it's like this is the time where we actually can make a really good decision. And it's like, you know, it's Zach Fisher, it's Ed Kerno, just kind of like jog, like jogging through the 50, yeah. uh, back back to the ball, <laughs> just blocking, blocking lanes, like not or, or walking. Just it's like, yeah, 
can we it's at, at purpose again isn't it yeah. it's like what are we actually what's the plan here mm. it, it, it didn't seem evident in this game at least yeah and look at least they got through unscathed if you want the, the positive on that they're definitely oh they did bring a lot of intensity and they made they made sure they got through that was <laughs> if that was the directive they bloody nailed it and i'd, I'd be pretty happy with that good call um, yeah, I guess. I mean, there's so many negatives, and that's the hard thing. Like, pretty much nothing went right. Um, but if I'm going yeah. off from last season and trends to keep an eye out on if it keeps happening, like the forward mm-hmm. pressure was not there. Not that there was pressure nope. anywhere else, but probably far too many times I saw Sydney really walk it out from kick-ins and happened a little bit last year as well. And that's something that we've obviously been trying to work on. But when you when that happens, opposition gets a kick in, and all of a sudden they've just got the ball in the wing pretty easily. Like you're giving up half the ground from pretty much not doing anything. And when we're struggling to do that down the other end, that's a bit of a worry. Uh, and then yep. yeah, just probably like that forward line in general. Like I was probably a bit disappointed on this, and this is maybe more of a preseason thing to get disappointed over. But it was okay. Durden's not out there. Jack Martin's not out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, can there's a few out there. There's still honey. There's always there's motlop, even a fisher you can throw into that. I was hoping someone showed me something, really put their hand up for round one. For me as well, where you've got an always, you've got a honey that and not really round one for me, or at least always is a little Never. bit closer. I'm going, put your hand up, like impress. If a Cowan and Holland can do that, you've got mm-hmm. to show me something. So I was pretty disappointed from both of those where I didn't really feel they gave me anything there was any positive about their game to say, okay, you've made selection a little bit tougher for the coaches. I think that was one of the, just those glaring preseason things where you look at the game and go, ah, we probably could have got more from those, those few. Yeah. No, I think that it's fair to call those two out first because I agree. These are the, these are the opportunities where not everyone's going a hundred percent. So it's like, if you just go a hundred percent, surely you can stand out. Yeah. Um, but Fisher and Motlop too, like mm. the box score looks better because of the two kind of, I want to say nothing goals that they each yeah. kicked. But I was really like disappointed with them on the whole as well. Mm. Like I'd put all four of them together and be like, this uh, is that uh, Fisher and Saad were the two that I wrote down where it's like, these guys look like they do not give a shit. And yeah. again, which is fine. <laughs> like if that's... yeah. If that's the way that it gets us to the top four this season, not giving a shit two weeks before finals, mm. absolutely fine. I'm just taking it on face value and being like, wow, that didn't even feel like he wanted to be playing mm. personally. And I thought I thought Fish was like that as well in the Collingwood game as well. So I don't know if that's cause for alarm or whether it is just a few of these guys just Maybe getting miles into the legs, taking it as a preseason. Maybe this is the first time because look, we're the Kings of bloody preseason. We, we win the bloody cups all the time. Nick Stevens, the king, wins about 17 best and fairest oh, yeah. on, on the ground every single time. We Maybe it's about way. time we don't take preseason too seriously and we get smashed and then we come out and don't lose a game for the whole season. Maybe that's what it's all about. And I think we'll see. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I, I want to be critical, but also I don't because oh, it could all mean nothing. This whole thing could mean nothing. And I think that's the disappointing part. Like I wanted to spend this, like, I don't know, we lose by 20 points, but it was like an okay showing, but I have like seven players that I'm excited to see going into round one, but I didn't get that. Yeah. I just got more question marks and it probably leads to the next and probably like the only other real negative I wanted to touch on was okay. just the rucks really for me. Like yep. I wanted, 
a bit more clarity on that. I wanted to see a bit more spark from De Koning, a bit more from Pietanet, whereas I thought both were really poor. And I thought, unfortunately, De Koning looked, that was probably his worst performance I've ever seen from yep. him on the ground. He just, he struggled. Midfield couldn't win a clearance when he was in there, gave away free kicks, offered nothing forward. It is preseason, but uh, I'm hoping for one of these two to really come out there and claim their tag on this team. And even Pitonet looked underdone. He looked better for that mm. contested ball. It looked like we won more clearances with him, but around the ground, it wasn't amazing. And yeah, I guess what did you make on the Rucks as a whole and have either kind of taken that step for you at all or were you just not oh. reading that into it, into into this preseason game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to try not <laughs> so read it hard. into it. I, so hard. I, yeah, I think you summarized it well. I, I'm not as disappointed with Pitt because you're right. Like this was his first kind of like run around. And I, I don't know. I felt like he didn't have as much, mm. I don't know, time on ground. Like it didn't feel yeah. to me like they were pushing him either. Whereas TDK, I felt like he, I don't know. It felt like he played almost normal minutes for himself. And it was like, yes, wow. You, you're just not getting involved at all. And I feel not like this is day. a good example. These last few minutes are a good example of the therapy that this podcast hopefully can be because i'm feeling a lot different now to how i was yeah. half an hour ago oh boy I'm, I'm a lot more like who gives a shit now than <laughs> yes. i was 30 minutes ago because now i'm thinking like you know what if tdk went up for a hanger yesterday and did it in acl we'd be oh. we'd be roasting him yes so we should have led with the unscathed you're right <laughs> we are like that's insane we we got there with no injuries like yeah perfect Mm. Well, that we know of. That we know of, anyway. Yes. We need to get this well, episode up quick. <laughs> ASAP, ASAP, before anyone from oh, the media oh. team can get anything yeah. out. Because that normally happens. Normally, see, that's that's getting back into the swing of things. I'm so used to us recording the podcast, that. match review, how good's this? God, we covered everything. No more news to cover. End recording. Go onto Twitter and just like, he's 17 players injured. He, all of this, this guy's been reported. It's all melting yeah. down. So let's hope that isn't the case. This week, um, I guess, was there anything else for you from this that you maybe got out of it? Was there any questions that you got answers for or any other things that you maybe found more question marks leading into whether it's team selection or, or anything down that realm? Because it's, again, mm. as we've sort of really nailed down the point in this one, it's so hard to know what to take away from preseason. So I'd love to get your thoughts as well, everyone listening to this. Like, what were your key takeaways? Yeah. Do you have questions answered? Still any question marks because we'll, we'll get into, I guess, the, the whole list and, and talking about that in our upcoming episodes. We've got a best 22 yes. and we've got a match build up as well where we'll start to do the actual, you know, round one. What team are we going to put out there and getting a bit more into that kind of discussion? But yeah, was there anything else that you felt you could kind of yeah. take away from this showing? No, I'm probably not going to talk like game strategy wise but yeah. just as a good segue into that best 22 i think this i am more clear than ever on what our best 20 in my my personal mm. best 22 yeah. and what we should be rolling out there round one i think um yeah i'm not gonna try and give any spoilers but some of those guys that it's like that is did not yeah show really anything yesterday and it's like maybe you're on the fringe it's like and maybe like a really mm. like impressive game could have been that ammunition. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know what? No, you're not there yet. Um, let's see you deliver in the twos for a bit and, and get in there. 
That's really the only other thing. It was very same, same from a lot of the fringe players. Like, I'll name a couple that maybe aren't super in contention, but like your Paddy Dow, your Jack Carroll, you're kind of hoping you saw a bit more spark from those guys, but it was sort of just, yeah, yeah you're definitely yeah. Jack not. Jack Carroll didn't get much starting, of the crack, but. Yeah. But yeah. But like, I didn't see enough to go, yeah, you're, you're close to getting pushing into this best no. 22 come round one, which is probably the disappointing part of preseason. I was hoping to see a bit more from these guys to get a little bit more excited about, even if it was just, okay, we may not see him round one, but come round 10, is there a bit more with this guy? Um, and obviously there was, there was so many out that I wanted to see, like Gov, obviously with the birth of his child mm-hmm. wasn't there. Marchbank with a bit of a calf wasn't there. Newman, Cripper, Charlie, there was a lot of guys that obviously didn't play in this when if you take them all out of your, your best 22, maybe mm. that was ruined a bit of the cohesion around some of what we were trying to do. Sure. Um, but yeah, look, I, I mean, I don't have much else to say. We, 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 we had started a segment, I think, last week that the Navy Blue <laughs> on the Hall of Fame. And look, the funny thing is both of us had brought something to the table for this, but yeah. I honestly don't think that the boys deserve it. Like we're feeling a little bit flat. That's a no. fun segment. And maybe this episode does need that, <laughs> but you're not getting it. You're not getting it. We'll be back <laughs> next week with it. Oh, you scared me for a second there. No, <laughs> no we, we don't have our suits no on. Off. We don't have the ceremony and, and pomp and circumstance around it. But don't worry. We haven't just shelved that. Lockie hasn't told me it's the worst segment he's oh, ever I heard. I love it. And it's banned from the podcast. It will be back and flying in full force because I think coming through this season when there are some some down weeks, it's it's going to spruce things up a bit. But look, this, this game against Sydney, it's almost one you've just got to go. Let's forget about that. Let's hope the coach yeah. has got everything they could have needed to get out of that, be as prepared as possible for round one, and then just hope we see the best Blues against the Tigers. Lockie, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap this one up? It's probably the quickest match review we've ever done. It probably is, and for good reason. I don't. I don't want to put the people through this any longer. Maybe the the last the last call out is we were very fortunate to attend the Hall of Fame um, yes. dinner and evening during the week, which was just a wonderful evening. Did you have anything from that night? Any kind of takeaways that you wanted to bring up? Oh, that's a good one. Actually, probably should have had this at the top ex- of the show. It would have been that. Like you're bearing the lead right at the end. You're taking oh, away from my playbook yeah, here. No. You should have should have Me started with the this, lead. mate. <laughs> But Don't no, get me I actually fired up at the end. <laughs> that was it was honestly it was a really good night. And I think what I enjoyed was the first time Vossi sort of said last season wasn't a success, which I know a lot took away when that was spoken about. Said that yeah. like we need to improve, like last year wasn't good enough. And I'm happy that that has seeped in past just the the playing group. We got that a bit more in the in the media and the fan side of things. Um, I mean, apart from that, like well, Pitternet was almost best on as far as the, the fan interactions. Loved my little interaction with that man. Um, yep. Got a little got a little photo up and he was just great value compared to some of the others where I get it. Look, I'm not trying to go around and be too annoying to the guys, but yep. gave a lot as far as I'd say his time. He's gone up the rankings in one of my favorite players now just because I was trying to leave the conversation. I was like, mate, you don't have to keep talking to me. Like, I get it. I'll go have another beer and sit in the corner. But he just kept wanting to chat, which... I absolutely love from the big man. So he's gone up in my um, estimations. Um, and I think as well, probably the other one is, and and speaking a little bit, I had the, the, the privilege to, to speak to David Rhys-Jones for a little bit more. Um, yep. Obviously we did the interview with him and it was sort of saying like, how many times 
the, you know, it's it's always the same kind of players that have to you know, come to these functions and things like this. And that mm. it'd be probably good if we can have a bit more success. So there are a few <laughs> more guys getting around it and that these playing group can hopefully look back and have these nights going forward and that it's these guys that we've got now that are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and becoming legend status because yeah. that they've, they've taken that next step and become heroes for us. So I think that's that's the interesting part. And I mean, it, those events, it was one of my first times going to the Hall of Fame events and it just makes me want to go to more. It's amazing what oh, kind yeah. of community we have Everyone chatting to everyone, some amazing people, and then just to hear about the history of this great club, it just it it makes you just it itches you to just, can we win a bloody premiership soon? I want to be looking yeah. back and going to these events, and it's the players I grew up watching. It's not guys that I only had the honor of watching on video. Like I want it to be someone <laughs> I've seen in the flesh. Um, what about you? Anything else you, you really liked from that event? Yeah, that's great. I mean, great comments there. I mean, firstly, do you think maybe? Brad was giving you extra because he knows that we're the ones that donned that nickname. Maybe he knew. Well, I think he does know. I was a bit, a bit annoyed actually in his summer sessions podcast that I can't remember actually who it was, but he said someone else was bringing up the nickname. Oh, and then oh. Was it, oh, actually I did message you this. So I probably should find out who it was. No, it was oh, Liam Jones. Liam Jones oh, was the okay. one he said had coined the Brad nickname to which I think so the Liam only Jones is a big a big listener. That's the conclusion we draw is that Liam Jones was the number one fan and we've we've drove, driven him away. So maybe this has to become a bloody Western Bulldogs podcast to get the listeners. We haven't back. driven him away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this isn't on us. I don't want but no, I don't this want is, that on my head. Yeah, so Liam Jones, if you're listening, mate, thanks for being a big which fan. Is. But stop trying to take that uh yeah, you know, no. We invented this nickname. I don't want you taking any credits for that one. Um, but yeah. I think maybe there's something in that. Maybe that's why he saw me coming and went, Yeah. He's the man that started it all. Yeah. I've got a good feeling about that. Um, another thing on your David Reese Jones comment, I mean, that was something I was thinking about as, um, you know, they were doing the the inductions as legends and into the Hall of Fame. Mm. I was kind of looking around the room at the current players. Um, Jesse was sitting at the the table next to me and I was just kind of like looking at him as he was watching, you know, them, them talk mm. about the great players and stuff and just wondering like, I wonder, I wonder you know, how he feels about this and what, yeah. what is he thinking about? Like, is this, you know, is he getting that the that feeling that, that we get about, you know, just what legends these guys were? And I mean, what the one that stood out for me was hearing um, Horry Clover's story yeah. in more depth. Oh my goodness. <laughs> What a genuine legend. The, yeah. de- definitely re- um, recommend anyone that doesn't know the Horry Clover story to jump on the Blue Zim and have a read mm. because it's insane what he did before coming to Carlton and kicking out most goals in the game. Just crazy. Yeah, no, those stories Those stories are amazing, hearing that, that rich history. It makes you proud to go for this Go for this club. So, yeah, recommend anyone if they can yeah. go to these Legends events. Um, they are so great. And I think... Yeah, I think there was a little bit of a another part of me when like they announced Chris Judd into that mm. category as well was just looking back at that time and I couldn't help but think like what a missed opportunity that was, that period of time. Yeah. And so it's making me just more eager to say, don't waste it this time, boys. Like you've got to go on with it. Like we probably should have done better when we had the one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. What are you doing now? We've got some greats. We've got... Coleman medalists, Brownlow medalists, all Australians. Let's get it together. Let's get it done. Let's put this this Sydney practice match in its place, what it is. 
It's a practice game. Who cares about it? No one in 40 years' time is going to be looking back and saying, remember that time we played in Blacktown and the bloody coverage oh. cut out and the Fox footy blokes were stuck in the studio? Not knowing what to say. I don't think we're ever going to talk about that one. But, look, that is going to wrap this episode up. We've got a lot of content coming through. Best 22, match build-up, plenty of stuff to look forward to. See you guys next time.